1: We're really distracted right now because our cat's running around in the basement eating spiders.
2: <laughs> willy-nilly. She's but just she's just a, a spider slayer, you know? Truly. Even the basement
1: safe. In the truest sense of the word. Uh, we have an amazing episode for you today. Our friend and yours, Joanna Robinson, is back. You may know her from Storm of Spoilers. You may know her from Cast of Kings. You may know her from Decoding Westworld or Genpop or Little Gold Men or (laughs) VanityFair.com. She's everywhere. She's everywhere. She's everything. And today, she's here.
2: Oh, so exciting.
1: But before we get into the episode, we just have a couple quick announcements.
2: Yes, we do. Uh, As you know, probably by now, we sell five handwritten lyric sheets every month, the proceeds of which go to a different charity uh, or organization every month as well. And this month, we just have three of the five left. We want to just give you a heads up. They are up for sale. And all of the proceeds this month are going to the Southern Poverty Law Center. You probably know what they do, but I'm going to tell you anyway. The Southern Poverty Law Center is dedicated to fighting hate and bigotry and Seeking justice for the most vulnerable members of our society. Using litigation, education, and other forms of advocacy, they work toward the day when the ideals of equal justice and equal opportunity will be a reality. Pretty important time to be funding organizations like Southern Poverty Law Center. Mm-hmm. Also, Pretty important time to scoop up a handwritten lyric sheet if you want to give it to somebody for the holidays, because they're going to go, and they're going to go quick. What a lovely gift. So you better act now. Wow. Did you like my sale voice? That was great. Uh, actually, speaking of sales, the other thing we want to let you know is that in our store, the werewolf misogyny t-shirt, uh, uh, even a werewolf is better than misogyny is what it says specifically, and the maroon Just Keep Fighting t-shirt are both on sale. When those t-shirts are gone, they're not coming back. So if those are on your list of things you want or you want for someone else, scoop them up. They're on sale and they won't be coming back for the foreseeable future. So get on it. And now on to the show. Woo!
1: Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And I, you said your name so carefully. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. Just really trying to get that s in the right
2: place. <laughs> And I'm Kristen Russo, and this week we are talking about Season 3, Episode 8, Lover's Walk. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing.
1: Lover's Walk was written by Dan Weber and directed by David Simel and it aired originally on November 24th, 1998, just two days
2: after I turned 17. Wow, and probably right around Thanksgiving. Probably. This is the one, according to IMDB, where Spike returns to Sunnydale and kidnaps Willow in hopes of creating a magic spell that will make Drusilla love him again. Good job, IMDB. Good one this week. Nailed it. This is also the one where Joanna Robinson is
3: back. Yes. Hello, (laughs) Joanna Robinson.
2: We we heard you giggle we heard a giggle. We we heard a mysterious giggle. (laughs) I couldn't contain myself. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time out from
1: making 75 other podcasts all the time, nonstop, to
2: talk to us. Yeah, when we called Joanna today, she was like, oh, right, I'll be right with you. And then when we got on the call, she was like, I'm so sorry. Somebody just dialed me into a podcast real quick. Just at, surprise, a surprise dial-in. <laughs> I picture that being your life all the time. You're just like always on a podcast accidentally.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, what's the, what's the what's a Navy SEAL who's like... The extreme secret Navy SEAL who like the, the like black ops like that's <gasps> like, all of what you Navy are Seals in are the there. world of podcasting. <laughs> Just like oh, you need it done. You need it done now. You need it done right. You need it done in the dark of night.
3: <laughs> Get Joanna Robinson. Call
2: Joanna Robinson. Oh, you guys.
3: So how's it going, Joanna? I'm so delighted to be here. Um, oh. oh my god, you guys. I I. <laughs> obviously remembered this episode of Buffy Vampire Slayer. Um I had some like bullet points in my head of like, yeah, this is a good episode. Good. I'm glad I'm on this one. Then I watched, it, I was like, oh my God, no, I love this episode. This is <laughs> great. <laughs> because
1: like I'm you're like- really into the
2: SATs? Is that you
3: guys, <laughs> I care
2: enthusiasm.
1: a lot
3: about the SATs. Yeah.
2: <laughs> did you Did you care about the SATs when you were in high school? Was it a thing for you or did you not care? I,
3: I was a very bad student, but I sort of like – I'm a little like Cordelia in that like I, I do test well, but I don't like to try. No, mm-hmm. Cordelia probably tries. Anyway, point being, <laughs> um, I got I – a similar score to Buffy, but let me tell you this right now. Let me explode some myths of this yeah. episode. <laughs> you cannot float right into the best college in the country on SAT <laughs> scores alone. I hate to tell you that, not even in 1998. So, well, um, but with
2: her, with her collection of, you know, slaying, like she does a lot of extracurricular activities, also mm,
3: with like so. all of her absences, and then her inability to get a letter of recommendation from a single teacher yeah. who knows and her that, name. Yeah, and, no, and that one time she burned down the fucking gym. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And also fled because she was under suspect for murder. <laughs> she's definitely getting into all yeah. of the college. Right? She's not going to Brown and she's not going to Carnegie Mellon. I hate to break the Joyce, So yeah. The other the other sad thing we were we, before we started talking about Buffy, we were talking about other relics of the 90s off air. But um another <laughs> another relic of the 90s is that like we can no longer now sort of smugly or uh, or sheepishly compare our SAT scores to people yes. younger than us because they've got a different like system now. So yes. when you're like, "Oh, well I, you know, when Buffy's like, I got a 1430, I'm sure there are some of your listeners who are watching and you're like, "Oh, girl, what?" That's- right? Cuz now <laughs> because now it's like double that is yeah. the top score, right? Exactly. It's I like know. something I felt, crazy.
2: So yeah. I felt very upset about that that like my score would never be understood by anyone except for like my
3: generation and earlier. I know I can't I can't wow the teens with my SAT score. <laughs> like what am I even doing on this planet? But, but for yeah. any any teens who are watching and and still confused uh it was out of 1600 so 14 out, yeah. 1430 out of 1600 is pretty pretty good buffet. we had one one student in my uh
2: class who got a 1600 on the SAT wow yeah
3: I got a. I think I got a. am oh, sorry is this gross I think I got a perfect verbal and then like a wow. uh, an okay math and that uh, was so
1: <gasps> gross I-, I can't <laughs> believe you said that I have to go throw up, and then we can continue. Willow
3: is somewhere crying,
1: hearing (laughs) this news, Joanna.
2: (laughs) So, Cordy, of course, many layered Cordy uh, does well, Mm -hmm. and Willow does well. Doesn't think she does. Buffy does well. We don't find out about Oz, right? Because is he even taking? No, because he's like left. He's
3: he's a hangover from. (laughs) He doesn't take the SATs again, right?
2: Who knows? I don't
1: Who know knows? what
3: happens when you flunk and don't do summer school and
2: yeah.
1: s- just stick
3: around know. for plot reasons. I don't know what uh. else your SAT score. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, Cordelia, like, so a moment that I love that happens in this opening scene besides learning everybody's um, test-taking ability scores <laughs> uh, is Cordelia like, looking to Xander and silently, like, mouthing the word no. <laughs> when, <laughs> she does not want to double date. I want to go on this double date? It's my favorite. She's like, no. I feel like I have moments like that with Jenny, and Jenny never pays attention or picks up on my messages. Accurate. Uh, Jenny is, like, literally Mr. Peanut Butter, just like, yeah,
3: whatever anyone wants to do forever. And I'm like, stop. You guys don't – do you guys have one of those um gestures at a party, like, I want to go, like, tug the earlobe or anything like that? We no. don't
2: we
1: don't. Sometimes we set one up before we go to a party, and then by the time we've been at the party for half an hour, I no longer yes. remember what it was <laughs> <Right>. that we <laughs> ever had one, that I have a wife. Exactly. That I don't <laughs> live wherever this party like, is. Like Jenny
2: is the kind of wife where it'll be like, okay, Jenny, I will hop on one foot when I'm ready to leave the party, and then I will hop on one foot and she'll be like crit in front of everybody. Kristen, why are you hopping on one <laughs> foot? You know, Amazing. like so it
3: just it doesn't work out for us. So we should <laughs> never do anything like a high Heist with Jenny is what you're saying. No, no, but probably no, no, no heist. Do not. Uh-uh. The other, <laughs> the other thing that happens in this scene, like right at the top of this episode, is uh, Willow. Willow makes a cle- or no, it's Andrew makes a Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel joke, right, which is a Simpsons reference, uh, like a classic oh, '90s Simpsons reference. Oh yeah, <laughs> I miss. Thank goodness you're here. I was deep, like I was deep into The Simpsons in this era. I'm not, I'm not, I'm by no means a Simpsons scholar, but like this was, this was a good, a good Simpsons time. Oh, you know,
2: that's great. Yeah, this, was, uh, yeah. When did The Simpsons start? Uh, well, technically,
3: uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm not a scholar, but <laughs> well, technically, it did start as like uh, animated shorts on the Tracy Ullman show in the eighties oh, wow. before wow. it became like its own thing. But uh, can you like, isn't it crazy that? We're talking about – speaking of relics in the 90s, we're talking about this beautiful jewel box relic of the 90s that is this episode – and The Simpsons is still on the air. Like, yeah, it's... forever. Oh, yeah. my God. Ever. Yeah. It's like
2: 100,000 seasons is, yeah. I think, about where we are at, Yeah, right? yeah,
3: conservatively, yes,
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to also give a shout-out to um, Buffy wearing baby blue because we don't have Kate on this episode. Uh, and so in honor of Kate, I would like to say, Kate, we see you. We know you're appreciating baby blue on Buffy here.
3: <laughs> That's incredible because I definitely watched this episode going, what is Kate going to talk about? I know. Oh, I've some I have good notes. skirts.
2: Okay,
4: oh, good, good,
3: good, good, good. Yeah, we can pick up the
2: kate, we can pick up the kate slack uh, with some minor observations on fashion. Probably no extensive discussions on boutonniers. Nice. <laughs> Thank you.
3: <laughs> Pronunciation and everything. Um can I can I surprise you guys with something that I would like to uh, an award that I would like to add to this episode? Please. What? Please surprise us. Yes. Feel free to edit this out if you disagree. This this episode has the craziest transitions between scenes that I don't remember as being characteristic of Buffy necessarily. So I, I want to like chalk this up to uh, Dan Weber, which sounds like Dan Weber, like the way a vampire would say it. Um, but <laughs> the writer of this episode, Dan Weber, who wrote this episode and the Zeppo, and that's the only Buffy episode he's ever written. But um, huh. he has these like, okay, so we're about to get one, right? Where – uh. You know, Cordelia says, what kind of moron would ever want to come back here? And then smash cut right to a moron coming back to Sunnydale. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of them in this episode. So I propose a sexual transition award um, Ooh, for whoa. this episode of, buff- of Buffering. So Wow. Wow. <gasps> Jenny,
2: pressure's on. Are you no. going to have a sexual transition <laughs> award jingle? I'm prepared
5: to commit
2: (laughs) to this thrilling new venture. Wow, I love it. Yes, I'm in.
1: And it is a fantastic transition.
2: Yeah, we did have a, we had an episode way back where we talked about, it wasn't a transition as much as it was the pan down through a doily. And we got like really- Ah, yes, pan down through a doily. (laughs) Yeah, the doily pan down. But also, Joanna, don't think I don't appreciate your saying smash cut when it is quite literally a smash cut Mm. into into Spike. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I mean, it's like a
3: double smash cut, you know? (laughs) Kristen, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, Great, yeah, and oh, you're right. It it is. Well, fancy that it's Spike. You have <laughs> Joanna Robinson on an episode to talk about. <laughs> it's Spike. weird how we
2: just timed out like that. I know. We could yeah, Co- coincidence. It's really an, one chance in the whole season, and here you are.
5: Spike, I love you. Spike, so dreamy. Spike, you trench coat. Spike, I love you. Spike, you
1: black nails. Spike, pariah. The Jamie Lannister of Sunnydale.
2: <laughs> rolling back into town. Uh, Joanna's favorite character and mine. yes spike really not not making a case for himself in this
3: episode (laughs) he's got ups and downs ups and downs in this episode yeah he does Uh, some major downs but some ups too (laughs) so it's okay (laughs) yeah this is the this is the
2: drunk sad spike uh very different from the first time that spike crashed through the sign uh and was sort of like the badass with a cigarette super cocky super full of himself
3: now he's just a pile of mess falling out of his car. Kristen, I seem to recall... Were you the one who had like a bunch of stuff in your car as a teenager? Yes, like, I okay. did. I was a disaster.
2: Yeah. My car yeah. was a disaster. Did it
3: resemble the back seat
2: of spikes? <laughs> yes, yes, it did. I didn't even make that connection for myself. But yes, there was just there was never any food. Like I wouldn't leave like rotting food in my car. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, bottles, cans, cigarette packs. Amazing. Um, I probably didn't have like an open <laughs> bottle of like bourbon or whatever he's drinking in the back <laughs> of his seat. But other than that, yes, this is what my car looked like. I think my parents wished I I had painted the windows black. Well, I, was <laughs> I, was say, didn't, I was
3: about to say you probably didn't paint the windows black. I, <laughs> yeah.
2: I didn't, but if, if I had, my mom would have been a lot less upset
3: with me. Every time she walked by my car, she was like, "Why? Why?" <laughs> well, so I know I know that Kristen and I have like a a special problematic place in our heart for Spike, but I don't know that I know Jenny what your temperature on Spike mm. is.
1: You guys, it's season three, episode eight. <laughs> What, at this point, <laughs> is there not to love about Spike? <laughs> Excellent. Wow, very cautiously right. walking into the Spike Jenny
2: <laughs> we Well
1: played. <laughs> I mean, look at him go. He is pretty ideal.
2: Uh, and he, we see, like, the full range of drunk, sad Spike emotions, too, in the fr- very first uh, moment with him in the
3: factory. Is mm-hmm. that where he is? The factory? Yeah. Uh, no, he's in the mansion at first. I I think it's in the factory. It's like got all the like those high back chairs that they had. Those were in the. Factory, right? right? See, he, this is
1: confusing because I thought the, doll, all the dolls got moved to Vamp Mansion. That's what I thought. Uh, but, but, but maybe, maybe some, some of the dolls, dolls
2: got stayed behind. behind is because then I got confused. I was the whole episode, I was thinking, where in the mansion is Spike that Angel doesn't know he's there? Right? And then by the end, they start saying the factory, and I was like, oh, okay, it's two different places. But anyhow, the factory where the burned dolls are, he's like, he picks up the doll, he's like, why did you leave me? Right? And then he turns a- a really angry. Vamp face occurs and he smashes the doll on the ground. And I feel like that's like just the general arc of Spike. He takes like a lot of small versions of that through the episode and then one large version of that through the All episode. Right. Sobbing,
1: <laughs> screaming, sobbing, screaming. Just
3: heartbreak. A little bit of Frank Sinatra by way of the Sex Pistols. Uh, you know? yes, right. Yes, right. yes, yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. The, he, I, I think uh, James Marsters does some uh, good drunk acting in this episode. What's funny, so I, I have become a pretty insufferably uh, intolerant of bad accents uh, now <laughs> in my adult life. But as a teen, I was like all in on Spike. Wow, um, yes. The accent's not great or consistent. But um <laughs> oh. I have such like nostalgic affection for it. So but when you add like a drunken slur to mm-hmm. his already like quasi inconsistent cockney accent, it's a lot, it's a lot happening.
2: <laughs> like vowel
3: wise. <laughs> <Right. laughs>
2: Yeah, there's a, there's a moment where I tried to like write down what he said. It's like some at some point when he's standing outside of the mansion. Oh yeah, he just he's like leaning outside of the mansion and he just says like yeah you and then tri- <laughs> It's like right before he trips and it is for sure Joanna exactly as you said. All it's like all confusing vowel sounds. He's like, uh, how about I do all the
3: vowels here? Right. Why not? <laughs>
2: Why not? Let's do it. So, so back for a second. Let's leave Spike for a second because we're going to talk about him for the whole episode. Back to this quartet because some serious shit is laid down in the next yeah. scene. Right? It's time to like
1: really prepare everyone for the knife twist that is yet to come. Yes. By really just like hammering it home, like, oh, Cordelia has finally put up pictures of Xander right. in her locker against even her own better judgment
2: and. Oz got Willow, such a nice oh little witch Pez container. Yeah, and by the way, we looked up if there was a werewolf Pez dispenser, and there is a 1960s vintage Wolfman werewolf. So Oz didn't look hard enough; he could have found one for himself. Yeah,
3: too. Willow should have hit that, you know, eBay situation up hard, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, guys, I re- like as much as I love Spike. At the last episode I was on, I talked a lot about my love for Oz, and yes. as much as I like, as much as Spike is my problematic fave, Oz is just like my gem of a pearl of a human fave, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. This scene where he gives her the pet dispenser, every se- I know, I know the whole point is for them to build up just to twist that knife. Of course, <laughs> of course, that's what it, this is here for. But like, she's like, what's the occasion? He says, pretty much you are. Uh. <laughs> and then she goes, it's just so thoughtful. And he says, well, I think about you. Uh. And she says, I don't have anything to give you. And he says, yeah, you do. And he doesn't even like kiss her there or anything like that. He just goes, yeah, you do. And uh. walks away. And you're just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Such Where can boyfriend. I find one? <laughs> Such
2: yeah. a good boyfriend. Also, I feel like since it's, this episode aired in November, this is not to say that Oz is any less of a boyfriend. I just feel like he also knows how to get a good deal. He waited for the Halloween sales. Uh. Know, like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just saying, like tis the season. I noticed. I was like, wait, it's November. So. <laughs> uh, also, Giles got invited to a retreat. Everybody. Does, we don't finally. Do we even? We don't like learn anything about it. Do we even know if
1: it's a Watcher's retreat? No, he just said like there's just... a lot of druidic activity in right. this particular clearing nearby. Wait, oh, do you so think you think he, he? You think he's going by himself? To no, himself. no, he's meeting up with people. But I get the sense they're from the like uh, druidic activity chat room in Sunnydale. Oh no, oh. Jenny, that's so sad. No, I mean he's finding his own.
3: Friends. Oh, okay, Maybe he's okay. like looking for other techno pagans. <laughs> like <laughs> too-, oh, too, too soon. Ah, well, 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 wait, no, wait, no, 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 no.
1: Right. Wow. No, um, Giles got a
3: type. Giles is and, ready.
1: <laughs> and they're probably also interested in druidic activity. Wow. Okay. I
3: so call this- it I call this retreat we need to conveniently get Giles out of town retreat, right? Yeah. Like, like, that's mm, that's what this retreat for is. For sure. Giles had like a wedding. Or not Giles,
2: Anthony Stewart had had like
3: a <laughs> A wedding to go to. And they were like, "Mm, druidic activity retreat. Great one, guys. (laughs) Or they just wanted to do like teen hormones run amuck amuck amok, and like the watcher doesn't belong there you know so I don't know but yeah yes he's got a camp stove and everything I believe (laughs) right a camp stove
2: and speaking of 90s relics before we leave this scene because Buffy and Giles are like having a conversation about college and um, we have another 90s relic well what I consider a 90s relic which is Buffy saying be kind rewind yes oh yeah
1: so for all of you young people (laughs) be kind rewind is a uh, uh, phrase that was usually on a sticker that would be on the case or actual tape of a VHS yeah. What's that? that you would Wait, rent from a video store <laughs> so a VHS is a great big rectangle <laughs> with a movie on it and so it's like a computer? No, not like a computer oh. just like a Big hunk of plastic with some tape
2: inside of yeah, it. Yeah, Like a large it, cassette tape. You might know that from the new resurgence no, 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 no. of cassette
3: tape. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have seen 13 Reasons Why, children. You yeah. know what a cassette
2: tape is. <laughs> Uh, but I always thought that that was such a great, like, do we know, does anyone know who invented it? You know, who's the guy that like put oh, the, first the sticker phrase? on it and then never got any credit? I'm sorry. Who's the person? Mm. Who's the mm. guy? Who am I? Get out of here, Kristen. You know? Just another cog
1: in the gigantic machine of the patriarchy. Uh, listen, <laughs> that's <laughs> who you let's, are. Let's,
5: let's play it, Jenny. All right. The Patriarch. Okay.
2: Okay, so beautiful jingle. I just wanted like, okay, so Joanna, you were there in San Francisco when Jenny was gifted. Well, when we were gifted, but when Jenny was actually physically gifted with this bat, right? With yes. the patriarchy bat. Oh my god. So oh we put it on social media, but I just feel like we played the jingle. So so two. Of our listeners in San Francisco made, took a bat that ha- that probably said, like, happy Halloween. And they undid the back of the bat. They opened it up. They put a new recorder in it that had our jingle in it. So now when you squeeze the bat's foot, it just does the patriarchy jingle.
3: It It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Lovely. Hum- they were so charming. They were so oh. charming. They were so, like, bashfully happy to give you that bat. And you know Jenny at first was like oh it's tough bat how nice and then of course and then your voice came out of it and was amazing yeah
2: I like thank god you did not play it while I was driving the car from the airport because I could have crashed it I was (laughs) so surprised I've never been more surprised in my life perhaps the
1: key to gift giving when it comes to me (laughs) is just whatever it is make sure my voice is inside
3: of it oh my god
2: you just you just set yourself a trap for life we're gonna have a room full of like
3: things that just say your voice now so what so when I get you like a witch Pez, like when you open its jaw, <laughs> it not only sing. do you get candy, it goes the patriarchy. Like that.
2: Yeah, just just it, you can just write the patriarchy really tiny on each Pez. <laughs> okay, I,
3: that would be spectacular. Oh, so anyhow, onward from the patriarchy. Wait, so here we get another beautiful Dan Weber classic tra- transition, <laughs> which Buffy says. <laughs> Buffy says to Giles, nothing's going to happen. Cut to Willow saying, something's going to happen. <laughs> yes. Because bowling yep. is too
2: sexy. Too oh sexy. God. With
3: the shoe rental, too sexy.
2: You know, it's like you think it's a joke until later when you see Cordelia's bowling hair. Do I, did anybody notice how she did her hair for bowling? It looked great. It That's.
3: looked Exactly, what I wanted Kate to talk about actually it was not <laughs> any clothing but Cordelia's bowling hair, which is, right? I think, perhaps her best hair of the entire series. Seriously,
2: she went hard for
3: bowling. Yeah, she great. was
2: like, I'm gonna just
1: curl it, put it up. I, as soon as they started talking about bowling, like I was really hoping that I would get to see Cordelia bowl, even though I knew in my heart of hearts that I would not get to see Cordelia bowl. Of course, I know this. Mm-hmm. I really want to see it. Do you think Charisma Carpenter bowls locally? (gasps) Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, not that I would ever find out where Charisma Carpenter bowls and
3: then go... This is just a bit. I'm just doing just, a joke right now. It's, yeah, you're just. I gotta, gotta it. go. I need mean, she I, you. She has kids, so like she probably bowls with her kids, right? Like that seems like I don't know that like charisma Carpenter herself like of an afternoon would go bowling, but I could see her as like an awesome mom who would go bowling with her kids, you know? Totally. Oh
2: hell yeah. For the record, I believe that Cordelia is probably a good bowler. Right. I, that was mm-hmm. like
1: that was that was. I feel like if if there's a weak link in that team, it's Xander.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure even about Oz. I'm gonna tell you what. I think that
3: the I think the lady have it on on bowling cordelia i think is definitely the most athletic gifted of the four i mean <laughs> no disrespect to xander who looks amazing in a speedo but i think that oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> speaking, speaking that, my like, language oh my god
2: so that's two episodes in a row that we've gotten to talk about
3: Xander and Speedo. Oh no. Okay, well, I'm about to go I'm about to go ham on Xander. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm Oh, we're always ready. Okay. So, you know, your your listeners who get mad when you go hard on Xander are really going to dislike me because I <laughs> at this point hate Xander. I I rewatched Revelations before this uh you know, just to like warm up and be like, "Oh, uh, watched the one before," and I watched yeah. it with like balled up fists. I was so angry at Xander yeah. in that episode. He is the worst um, in that episode. <laughs> but so you, you know, you guys have been talking this season about this whole Willow Xander attraction thing and how much we hate it because we love Oz and we like Cordelia and no, we lo- you love Cordelia. Mm -hmm. Um, You just like Cordelia. That's okay. I I like Cordelia a lot. I don't like her for Xander, so I don't, like, care about that relationship. Right, 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 right. right, I I care so much about Oz and uh, Willow. And um, I I was trying to remember my teenage feelings watching this season, like, when I was a teenager. And I I remember it was complicated by the fact that, like, A, at that time, I didn't hate Xander as much. And, Mm -hmm. B, um, you you know, I I was set up to sort of... Root for Xander and Willow because the the way this dynamic we've seen play out in so many like 80s movies is. Uh, the guy falls in love with the wrong girl and doesn't and ignores the best friend right in front of him, who's the right girl for him all along, right? So Xander's right. like pining after Buffy and pining after Cordelia, but the right girl for him was in front of him all along, and it was Willow. And so that like you know, and and Willow has that like heartbreaking scene in in I think it's season two, right, right, where she goes like, you would rather be with her than be with me, and she's so sad, and we're so sad because Willow's sad. Mm-hmm. But the but the problem, and so you're like, so you're kind of like, oh yeah, Xander. Finally figured it out that Willow is like the right person. The problem, there's a couple problems. One, uh, as Kristen pointed out a couple of is like, just don't cheat. Like, I understand teenage <laughs> feelings, but don't cheat and lie about it. It's terrible. And and number two is um in the meantime, they cast someone who's better than Xander and it's Oz. And um mm. and now I'm just and now it's like Willow's doing the wrong thing. Willow's chasing the wrong guy when the right guy is right in front of her, her own boyfriend. I don't know. It's, it's like right. a sort of messy unified theory of love triangles. But like, it, you know, it's it's playing with a lot of tropes, which is you know what Buffy likes to do, and it and it's destroying happiness, which Buffy also likes to do. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah, I, remember, but you- I remember feeling more conflicted about it um, as a teenager, and now watching it, I'm just like, ew, ew, stop, 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 oh, stop. Yeah, you know? this. This got my only caps
2: of the of my note taking actually. Can I kiss your earlobe? Your and then I said, "Uh, stop touching her hair. Like, just <laughs> stop it. Stop, stop everything." So it's in the middle of the goddamn day. School. Like, cool. I just, I don't know. Like, I get it. Right. Fine. There's there, there were moments that I understood as this plot line unraveled for us, where like you have moments and you don't mean to and whatever, and you don't want to say anything because you think it's over. Like, I get some of the pieces of it, but the but the way that they placed it like in school and like in places where they could be easily found out it just seems like so over the top disrespectful to their significant others whom they love like right. that's a good point Joanna right it's not even like it's not like Willow is in a relationship where we're like well you know she could do better like she literally can't she <laughs> she couldn't fight. Oz is just so wonderful and so you don't get to even have the like well but maybe they were meant to be like no we already we already know that Willow and Oz are great. Wonderful. He gave
3: her a little witch pez
2: just <laughs> right? because. Because he thinks about her. <laughs> because just? she's the occasion. Ugh. Because.
3: Ugh. Ugh, I cannot. All right, there's another there's another transition here. It's not a <laughs> it's not a great one, but it's an okay one. Where, where yeah, what is it? Willow says any suggestions. Like like we need to stop this or whatever. It's either Willow or Xander says any suggestions. And then we cut to Joyce. Suggesting some colleges, A of schools oh. for Buffy. Any Boy. suggestions? And then Joyce is like, "Well, there's CMU and nice. Brown and Loma." Blah, blah.
2: So. And then she also suggests keg parties and boys, which I found real fun. This is what this is what she thinks her daughter needs: kegs par- keg parties and boys.
3: Do you feel like Buffy saying, "I don't see a distinction between keg parties and boys and demons and hell mouths," uh, is a call out to the uh, demon lizard patriarchy?
2: That- wow. Uh, wow. wow! 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 I do the
5: patriarchy. Wow.
2: <laughs> Thank you for blowing Je- my mind. <laughs> Jenny, Jenny is just sitting like open mouthed at the mic, and I'm looking at her like something something's gonna come out of her mouth, but she's just blown away. Um amazing. I
1: have a- also yeah. oh sorry.
3: No 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 you please go ahead.
1: I just like there's something that's come up uh, twice so far uh, in the episode at a previous scene with Giles and his camping gear. And now this scene that is like really just raising a- an ongoing issue for me, which is that everybody's like, well, Faith is here in Sunnydale. So she could take over. your." Is anybody going to give that girl a place to live so she can get out of that motel? Uh, if they s- wanted to take over the Hellmouth slaying duties, could she
2: live with someone?
1: Please?
2: Slayers don't get a lot of respect, I don't think. Like, I don't think that's part of it's like, cause did anybody also ask Faith? Also, <laughs> like, no. Like nobody was like, hey Faith, what would you think about Buffy going to college? Like everybody's just assuming that Faith's gonna step right in.
3: I also uh, do you think that Faith wants to leave her motel? It's so like nice and spotten that she just wants <laughs> to like stay there forever. <laughs>
2: Joanna, Great. you couldn't even have a way of Great.
3: knowing that that is Jenny's
2: favorite line <laughs> from the entire last episode because we haven't even put it up yet. But j- there's a, there's a, a snippet of Jenny doing that exact line in in Revelation. The cumulative
1: amount of time that I've I've spent saying it's real spotten <laughs> is well, I've wasted at least an hour of my life or oh. made something beautiful with
3: at least an hour of oh my, my life. Oh my god! Oh um, my god! It's good. But, it's really good. No, but you're right. Like j- Joyce. I, I it's hard I don't want to spoil anything but you know I would say that Joyce uh, will make some efforts for for faith in the future mm-hmm. but um but like yeah I mean Giles is a watcher like does he have I don't know if he has an extra room in that like Little abode of his, <laughs> yeah. It just he does. I think he does. I think he does. I think he could have some room for faith in his little right, apartment. Something but there's
1: got to be a spare room with the Summers
3: house. Even look like, at the outside of
1: the house God, and then consider what we know about the flo- the floor pan- plan so far. Right. I mean, well, just the make...
3: Summers house has at least like two hundred bedrooms. <laughs> <than> yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean,
2: Faith could set up in the basement. She could just put a little cot down there. Yeah, where you the know? zombie cat came from.
1: Sure. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I think the basement would be real spotten. So, you know. <laughs> you can be great. Wow. I have, I have wow. Couple, I have a couple questions about this uh, Joyce scene, if I yes, may. Yes, please. One, how ridiculous that she's still calling him Mr. Giles after Band Candy. <laughs> right. And, but also, two, she <laughs> talked to Giles, which means they have, like, phone calls, I think, about Buffy. I would like to say regular phone calls where they talk about Buffy on the phone. Yeah, yeah but, yeah. like,
1: are they calls about Buffy or are they calls about something else being disguised as calls about Buffy?
2: Right, right. Well, that's Buffy is their in, you know, like that's the thing that they right. get to say right. they're going to talk ah, about. I just
1: like really
2: need to call. And then before Mr. like Giles. <laughs> Mr. Giles, <laughs> Mr. right. Mr. Giles. And then Giles is like, right, I think this and this for Buffy. Also, I've been playing some new records. Would you
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> Would
2: you like to hear? I
3: got that Seals tunes. and Croft <laughs> you've been looking for. Here's a rolled up cigarette. Um, No, uh, Friend of the pod, uh, Kristen Sutherland. I am imagining her... write uh, your new BFF, Kristen Sutherland? Yes, 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 of course. Friend of the pod, for sure. I am <laughs> imagining her, like, twirling a phone cord. <laughs> because <laughs> kids, phones used to have cords. Twirling a phone cord, talking to Mr. Giles about Buffy. Yes. Yep,
2: yep, yep. Like, leaning against oh, the door wow. frame. Maybe having a little schnapps. I'm just saying. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, This is... All right, this is my favorite transition. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Please, please, please take us here.
3: Because this is where Joyce says, honestly, is there anything keeping you here? Cut to <laughs> Angel. Oh, God. Listen. Fire. Ooh. Lip gloss. <laughs> lip gloss. The Jean-Paul Sartre is in the original French. He is oh, reading La or Nausea in the original French. That <laughs> is all happening in Vamp Mansion. Oh. That is what's keeping Buffy here. I can't. He is
2: so
1: extreme. <laughs> I cannot.
3: And we've got we've to start something
1: that we've been letting slide far too often. It is officially time for us to start manning the helm of Angel Combustion Watch. 2017 and forward that dude is reading by the fucking fire did you know we even see in this episode him
3: building a fire
1: yes he He puts a fucking log on the thing he throws a log into the fire did you know audience that one of the things that can kill a vampire is a fire
3: here's 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 the question i have in that section in all caps because when he throws that log on a fire Buffy is sitting there in a tank top, and my all caps question is: How cold is it in Sunnydale right now? Like, what right. is the temperature? Like, Sunnydale, not no spoilers, is a notoriously toasty spa- like place. Like this is yeah. this is Southern California. You is from so- Southern California, this is a warm place. Sure, it's November. It's fall. Sure, his mansion doesn't have like doors and windows it just has like gaping boarded up holes but like if if buffy can wear a tank top then Mm -hmm. i don't think it's fire weather unless like our vampires like because they're super cold they need more warmth i I don't Uh, think they
1: need warmth at all i think he's room temp and that's that's how – what's, like, comfortable for them.
2: I, I think it's about uh, – listen, it's Creating ambiance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's be real about how dramatic Angel is, okay? Like, I mean, he's a guy who really likes to set the scene. He went out. He got back from the hell dimension. He bought all new furniture at Pottery Barn, you know. <laughs> he set up Vamp Mansion. He wants the fire crackling. He wants to brood by it, read French by it. You know, it's the kind of guy he is. It's nothing he to do with He went to the
3: antiquarian bookstore, and he's like, do you have Jean-Paul Sartre – In the original French. Thank you. I can't. All right. All right. Um, Um, I just, I can't deal
2: with Angel in this entire episode. But what's great about that
3: transition, which is probably my favorite transition of the episode, is like, Angel is so ridiculous Um, (laughs) that when Spike is looking in through the little hole, you're like kind of on Team Spike. You're like, yeah, that guy sucks. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) I agree with you, Spike. I hate that guy, too. (laughs) In this moment. As the fire glistens on his lip gloss, I don't like him either. Oh my, so no, oh my god! No, no, I am not. I'm not down on on a bit of gloss on a man. That's not the problem. It's just like Angel <laughs> is so efforty in all, yeah. in everything he does. So yes, yeah. consider yes. the package. Meanwhile,
2: Spike is just tripping over himself, falling face first, and
3: setting himself on fire. It's <laughs> so good. That is like some comedy combustion right there.
2: Oh, God, I love it. I love to, I don't know why I love this, but I love the little moment where he's like, his hand is on fire and he goes for the drip, the like small drip first <laughs> yeah. before like realizing that he can dunk his whole hand in the water. It's just real good. It's real good. Jenny, you were going to say something.
1: I'm just like thinking about how, oh, wow, moments after we see Angel reading by his preferred method of illumination, <laughs> open firelight, we see another vampire almost die because he's on fire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I'm mad about uh, it. <laughs> I, I have a I have a non-fire related question. Yes. and I don't know that anybody knows the answer to this. But how many magic shops exist in Sunnydale? Like I think there's just the one. But it's, but it's, there was the magic shop with the attempt. My uncle Vinny, who was like the orb of Yeah, well, um, b- Uncle bang, Vin, boom.
3: Uncle Vinny can't, <laughs> or my, my cousin Vinny. I like he can't. Yeah. He can't work. The magic shop twenty four seven. So occasionally he has this girl who I'm gonna call or this woman who I'm gonna call Autumn something similar, right? Yeah. She, she, she greets Willow with blessed bee. So, oh, so unless she has it, yeah. like an actual name, I'm gonna call her Autumn. So I like Vin- Vinny can't like be hucking or- orbs of Thessala like in every <laughs> shift, right? Like- okay.
2: So this is the same shop. It's just a different uh, I think it's been redecorated did uncle vinny die during the oh, orfestello oh yeah era? i think uncle vinny might have died see there's one magic shop but <laughs> the mortality rate of magic shop operators is <laughs> dreadfully high uh, well well with with autumns uh, entry into the magic shop she's done some redecorating in I a think few also w-
1: sorry i think the magic shop is also the space that they used for ethan rain's halloween
2: Well, the buporium is probably seasonal, so maybe the magic shop (laughs) leases out their space. I just meant like Buffy
1: the Vampire Slayer, Inc., has like this one space that they like redress in a variety of ways, and that's two different ways. It's right around the it. corner
3: from the espresso pump. It's fine. This right. is fine. This is a really big <laughs> town, guys. It's a big, huge town with one lots of, of locations. Yeah, not down the, not the street too many from, from the outlets, but there's a movie theater. We got a uh, we got a neon sign this season. It's we're we're, we're going oh, yeah. places. Yeah. Um, yeah, what about the movie theater. Um the the magic shop what was i going to say oh autumn or you know whatever your preferred name for her is uh mm. has a really sick dragon mural on, yes. her, on the wall Yo, of the shop so that you know. dragon
1: mural rocks um <laughs> autumn's other art which i found pretty interesting um in terms of like primetime television in 1998 yeah uh is this sort of like I don't know if she's like the she kind of looks like a Maleficent or something um, sort of like a pe- like an alabaster skinned behorned woman no. with um
3: two bare Paper mache breasts? Yeah. <laughs> a thousand percent paper mache. I have a note that says paper mache breasts right in front of me. <laughs> right? And like,
1: we see them so many times. We see them when every time Spike is talking in this scene, we see them in the uh, later magic seat shop, like, uh, battle right? scene yeah. and just after and yeah they, like and they get was,
3: jostled they get yes, jostled so they're sort
1: they're of yeah. like, bouncing like luridly to, yeah. Yeah. to and fro to and fro
2: somebody was having a great time with the <laughs> <So statue. laughs>
1: did they just like slide that past the sensors or are Paper
2: mache nipples allowed on
1: television. I think
2: paper mache nipples are probably allowed on television.
3: I mean, this is art, Jenny, so I don't yeah. know, like, why you're Unlike the human body, it. yes. Right, yes, Real yes.
2: nipples, no, no. Disgusting. But paper
3: mache nipples?
2: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I see, I see, I see. <laughs> That's how TV works. Okay, thank you for
1: fixing me. I get it now.
2: <laughs> I just want, so you, you have in your notes um, paper mache boobs, is that what you said? Joanna, uh, a breast, breasts, yeah. and I, I, my notes is, uh, I just want you to picture it, boob statue, exclamation point, spice, spike knocks, exclamation point, it, exclamation point, when, exclamation point, he, <laughs> exclamation point, kills, exclamation point, <laughs> her, exclamation oh. point,
3: parentheses, R.I.P. Autumn. Yeah. autumn, By autumn, I liked autumn, S- also in loved- there somewhere is like boils and dripping pustules and right, you know, right, 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 yeah. and then she goes. We don't carry <laughs> leprosy. <laughs> That's what she says. She says, "We don't carry leprosy." <laughs> oh god,
2: it's so amazing. It's
3: good. It's good. Yeah.
2: I uh, want to so I'm I'm going out of order a little bit, but I want to bring up something that has to do with autumn while we're on the topic of autumn because later Spike and Willow are downstairs and Spike and Willow have this moment where Spike's like, "I haven't had a woman." And he says, "Unless you count the woman at the magic shop, That's and I just super weird, right? I I just felt like it was a weird line, and I and it made me interested to know more. Like, is it because because I feel like usually vampires, like it's looked at like when they feed, it's like a sexual thing, no matter what. But this line by Spike uh, is like, I think Spike
1: is like drunk and like full of like lust and sadness, and like got a <laughs> whiff of Willow's neck, and he's like, oh yeah, women. And like feeding, Mm -hmm. and completely himself forgot about autumn.
2: I see, I see. No, but
1: he says, and then he says it more, I think, to like terrorize Willow than anything else. Okay, okay, okay. So you—that's my interpretation. You don't think I need to
2: pull out my encyclopedias on this one? I was like, hmm, interesting, Spike. I like to. I don't know
1: what we've. I don't know what we learned (laughs) up to this point in uh, season three, episode eight, in terms of sex and feeding and the the overlap of those Venn diagrams. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like
3: this universe. they wrote the I have not had a woman and I like I can't remember the last time or whatever. And then someone smart like uh, s- script advisor in the room is like, "Um, actually didn't he just have one?" And they're like, "Oh yeah. Scribble like, Whoops.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That made that adds up.
1: Yeah, cuz he says it the way that I would say like, ah, I haven't had a pizza." <laughs>
2: is that something in- you say, Jenny?
1: Well, no, I just, pizza was the most universal food I could think of off the top. I would would actually say, man, I haven't had a dairy free, gluten free, no grain (laughs) shepherd's pie in weeks. Uh, That's the kind of monster I am. That is sad. So uh,
3: don't you wish I had just said pizza? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I took us down this dark, dark path. I'm sorry.
2: I just, like, I like, Jenny, that you were, like, what would I say when thinking <laughs> lustily upon something, and the first thing you hit was pizza. You were, like, I... It's just pizza. something people yeah. lust after, like, food-wise. There was, a, there was a place down the street from us in Brooklyn, and they had this huge poster in their window, and it was an advertisement for pizza. Not a brand of pizza, not a special pizza, just pizza. Just, just- the just food, the food. <laughs> and it was a sexy woman holding a slice and yeah. like about to take a bite. So yeah. like
1: no. what I mean to
2: say, Jenny, is that you are not the only one who uh, considers pizza a very sexy food.
1: <laughs> also one particular ad- advertising
2: <laughs> agency. Yeah. yeah, just an ad for pizza. <laughs> who paid no. for that ad? You know uh, what I mean? <laughs> I do not know. Uncle Vinny. That's good. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Anyhow, we go to the mayor's office. The mayor's oh. office? Is that what you call it? Yeah, the mayor's office. Yeah, I think that's what you call it. <laughs> I don't know. I just like panicked that it I was like doctor's office. Is
3: it a mayor's office? Is it a mayor? No, it is a mayor's office. Mayor's the mayor, office the mayor in the larger is... city hall.
1: City right, hall, right. Yeah, where yes. the mayor
3: has his office. Yes. See,
2: yes. to- I don't think we could have told you that <laughs> before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to speak for Kristen. I couldn't have said that. Uh, um well, we get I mean, I just I like I like any scene where I get the mayor and Alan together. I just yeah. love the mayor and Alan. Guys, really enjoy yeah.
3: I, I've been a little perturbed listening to your season three episodes um, uh, where I feel like the uh general level of enthusiasm for the mayor is lower than it needs to be. Mm, <laughs> Whoa, really? I mean, I mean, we've been fucking I up. us. I need us to turn up the volume on our love for the mayor, uh this, Sirens are here in the background. So you got you queued that up for the mayor. <laughs> yeah. You're like, these are my fireworks. I <laughs> care about the mayor. Uh, the mayor's my well, I mean, I guess, I guess you call s- Spike and Drew and Angel the antagonist of season two. It's hard to beat that, but like for a s- single antagonist for a season, the yeah. mayor is my favorite. So uh, I just need us all to get a little bit more hept. Yeah, we that's fair, <laughs> are
1: all about it, especially like the dark government aspect combined yeah. with the hand sanitizeriness yes. of it all, and putt putt golf.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm.
5: putt putt yeah. golf,
1: and so much that we have not yet even seen.
2: Also, his just like general way of telling j- dad jokes in like yes. a you know, like I think I might be the mayor. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> troubling, <laughs> troubling for me. <laughs> troubling news for me.
1: <laughs> I mean, so- he's. He's yeah. sort of like the the uh,
2: dad, Mr. Peanut Butter of this show he's true it's true he's very excitable he loves yeah. he loves a good very positive yeah yeah he likes he, he jabbing
3: Allen. yeah he wants to think through his uh, his metaphors like would a yes. loose yes. cannon rock a boat like is yes. that oh a my nice god metaphor? such a great moment uh, he has mayor. a little thing do you do this Jenny uh, are you the mayor like if someone does something you don't like if Kristen does something you don't like do you just like whistle sharply at her because <laughs> <to mayor? laughs> <laughs> that's what he does to Alan like Alan's his poodle and he's like don't oh my- sit there, Colin. Alan. No, no. That is one thing I don't do to Kristen. Oh, thank
2: God. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. Kristen wouldn't tolerate is being you know, highly whistled at.
3: But I, I, I do like this scene where, you know, there's. There's this question of you know they they made reference to the mayor in season 2 like a couple times right to just sort of like mm-hmm. build him up yes. as someone who's coming. But I like that he's like, "Oh, Spike, he got up to so many shenanigans last year. We just had so much fun." You know, like it's a mm-hmm. nod to the fact that like the mayor was there even, you know, like that they that Spike and yes. the mayor coexisted in the same place yeah. for a while even though we didn't see it. So I, you know, I liked I liked that little Bit of continuity there. Yeah, same, same. I thought
2: it was a good like kind of way of underlining it for people like who might not have been paying close attention to season two to say like, oh, this guy's been here the whole time. Yeah, And I, I also really like the way that they like talk that they have like this commitment in the office to talking about things as though they're really running a government affair you know that it's like get a committee on that instead of like right. alan knows what's up the mayor knows what's up the police force even knows what's up and yet they're, they're all to committee yeah they just gotta keep
3: it keep it above board <laughs> do you want to get a goon squad of poorly dressed vampires to go after spike no let's call it a unwelcoming committee yeah, yeah. <laughs> roll out the unwelcome wagon for spike yeah. <laughs> we are we
2: talked already about angel putting his fucking hands in the fire and his pottery barn decor which were some of my notes for the next scene but this is this is the scene also where i lo- lose it with angel like the the fucking french by the fire was a lot but this scene where he, like buffy is fucking over and she and he's like what are the reasons that you want to stay oh here? my
1: god it's but like, she's also doing it up. too
2: she's like there
1: 17. Of course
3: there are. She's, of yeah, there are. she's Reasons. He's okay. of many okay. thousands <laughs> years old.
5: Okay, 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 okay. okay. He, she's okay. supposed to be acting like that. He's literally
2: a million. And, like, <laughs> fucking get over yourself. I just cannot. I can't. I Get it together, Angel. I've had enough of your shit. Like, you were a grown Look, man want, seven times
1: over. <laughs> if you want the 241-year-old vampire who's not going to act like a teenager when he's not getting whatever he wants from Buffy in terms of validation whatever, find the 241-year-old vampire who wouldn't fall in love with a 17-year-old to begin with.
2: Zing! Just a thought. Okay, okay. We'll look for that guy. Yeah. I, I'm going to I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't think we're going to do a good job looking for that
1: guy. I
3: don't think that guy is around. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Do you
1: want to watch Angel be, like, act uh, his age? Do you want to watch that, or do you want to watch him, like, brood and mope and be ridiculous and read
5: fucking... <laughs> Nausea by the fire in the original.
3: <laughs> <friend>. Nausea <laughs> by the fire. Wait, I just had I just had an idea about the why the fires. Oh, okay. Don't you think the reason that he keeps building these fires is so that he could be like, hey, should we do some sweaty shirtless Tai Chi now? Yeah, it is a yes. good reason for him to That's take his shirt off all why
1: the time. He wants it to be warm, of course, because if it's warm, he inexplicably sweats. Yes. Because, like, what's up with <laughs> all of his his circulatory system? And, like, wh- why does he sweat? Why? No one
3: can explain no, this. No, because... Because we have to just keep referring back to metaphysics.
2: Metaphysics.
3: But, yes, Joanna, I'm also on but, board with the But, yeah, the glistening Tai Chi... I'm, I am crushed. Uh, no, <laughs> slash, can't wait to hear you guys talk about the glistening Tai Chi of Revelations. Because... <laughs> it's like yeah it's, it's really special it it's is really and so you're right very it's fire
2: much. fire can make it so hot that he has to take his shirt off fire might get ash on his shirt that oh no oh. it's dirty i have to take it off <laughs> there's a lot of ways
3: and then oops my shirt came oops, off oh I no i don't know, I
2: don't know <laughs> how it happened <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by regal cinemas In 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned... I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself If anybody has anything left to say about Angel and fire and this scene, please let me know. But I, I'm no, going to unfortunately right. take us, if there's nothing more here, to this... Scene where they're doing magic. Mostly, I'm I'm upset because my first note is about this fucking feather and this line that Xander Ugh. has, where he's like, "Feather and who will I be tickling?" Gross. I hate him. I hate, him. I hate him. I hate him. Ah, he <laughs> makes me want to peel my own skin off my
3: body <laughs>
2: and soak it in some acid before
3: putting it back on my body. This, oh. this is where Willow goes. Um, like I think that right. This is the scene where she goes, like, "Us together is that?" And I'm like, "It is. Yes. it is. Yes, us. yes, this is yes exactly she what is."
2: A moment of clarity. Also, she does a horrible job of hiding what she's doing. Like, I don't understand I mean, what her plan was here. you'd exit or something. Y-
3: you didn't do chem with feathers?
2: I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like just, just like the book that says literally nothing witchcraft. else but witchcraft
3: on the front of it. Come witchcraft, on. Witchcraft, the novel. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good uh. point. Uh, as much as I hate Xander, which I do. It smells like church. Wait, evil church is a good line. That is um, it's a good an entrance. exact note
1: that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Though it has one good line.
3: In yeah. This episode. <laughs> There's also – what was I watching? Was it Revelations? Where – sorry to keep talking about an episode your listeners already <laughs> have heard you talk about. But like where – yeah, when they make out in the library and he goes – she says no. And he goes, oh, right. And no means no. And he actually does stop. Like I was expecting him yeah. to like just keep going. But then she initiates. And so I was like, yes, oh, okay, yes, Xander yes. said no means no. And then he actually did stop. That's good Good points. points yeah, he had one half of
2: one <laughs> second of a good moment. And so many.
3: Ugh. It's okay. He's about, to, he's about to get punished.
2: He's unconscious. Forget about him
1: for a while because Spike is here to force Willow to make a love spell for him. What a great. Premise. What a great idea. I love it. What a great
2: favorite character. Spike and Willow, (laughs) dream team. Uh, Willow's hair, I just, a small note on Willow's hair is like super Angela Chase at this point. Like they are using the same color, same color. Gloss, that like Mm -hmm. herbal essence gloss. Exactly. Uh, Yes, herbal essence. Mm -hmm. Um, They painted that shit on.
3: It, yeah. So we've talked before about like when Willow's upset, we're upset as Willow yeah. goes, so yeah. goes. So goes our nation. But like uh-huh. um, <laughs> this is my favorite. I think this is my favorite Alison Hannigan acting so far in the series. Like she has much, much more acting to do as we go down the road. But like. Here, as she's like listening to Spike talking and she's like panicked and crying, but trying not to cry and trying to listen, but also doesn't care, uh, and is just trying to hold it together. Like, everything that's happening on her face mm-hmm. in this one scene is just incredible. Uh, yeah. So. It-
2: it got a sad face emoji drawing from me when she says yes, I'll do it. Like right at like he, I think he pulls her hair, um, yeah. and she's like terrified. And when she yeah. says yes, I'll do it, my heart shattered into a million pieces. Just Willow, poor
3: Willow. This um, is z- z- ba- bad,
2: bad Spike. Very, yeah, this is not very bad Spike. This is where the problematic part of the fave comes in, but but also Spike. I mean. As horrible as Spike is in some of these moments, Spike also has like a really great uh, arc of sat, like where he sort of, he's like mean Spike and he wants what he wants. And then he has another one of these breaks where he's just like, I'm going to, this, Willow's here. So I'm (laughs) just going to like I'm going to tell her everything that happened. Yeah, I'm going to tell her about this thing and about this other thing. And this chaos
1: demon with its slime and its
2: antlers. I gave Drew everything. I gave her beautiful jewels, even beautiful girls. Don't worry, I wrote that down just so everyone (laughs) wouldn't miss it great great
5: great. (laughs) um
3: my first when when you say the words together lovers walk my first like my call my rorschach test call and response for that is (laughs) slime and antlers (laughs) like that's that's the first thing i think of when i hear lovers walk is slime and antlers (laughs) chaos demon um Also, fun fact about Lover's Walk that I found out on the Lover's Walk Wikipedia page. Uh, Did you know that in the original script, it doesn't have an apostrophe? So it's just like this sad, short, declarative sentence. It's just like, lovers walk. I don't know. Wow. (laughs) Lovers, they walk. They walk. (laughs) So anyway um and and then uh, you know willow is terrorized here but she does stand you know she says there will be no bottle in the face there'll be no having of any kind with me you know Mm -hmm. like she does try her best but yeah this is this is just rough stuff to watch
2: well then we go well then we go to cordy's bowling here for a brief break and then (laughs) and then like okay things are rough at the factory yes but then thankfully we get some comic relief When Spike heads on over to (sighs) Joyce's house. Guys.
3: (laughs) Guys. It's our favorite. Reunited and it feels so good. Our favorite duo back together
2: oh my god Again. I can't like I can't tell you how many times in previous episodes I've wanted to use gifts from this episode yeah but I like didn't do it because I didn't want to sp- you know what I mean like we weren't there yet and I was like I need to wait until we get here to use my favorite gifts of the whole series <laughs> but that,
3: I- that my this is the best gift of the whole series right right it is is Spike standing behind Joyce <laughs> While Angel looms in the doorway. Uh, <laughs> Fake menacing her. And he's uh, not going to hurt Joyce because he loves Joyce. Joyce finds him little mini marshmallows. Like he's never going to hurt her. But mm-hmm. like he's fucking, well he might. But he's messing with Angel and it's just the best thing visually. Uh, but like
1: before before anybody gets there when it's just Spike and Joyce. And she's like made him cocoa. And he's like <laughs> going on and on about Drew and like is a little more composed, but is kind of saying a lot of the same stuff that he said to Willow. And she's like genuinely trying to offer him like real advice and like comfort and saying like, oh, you know, like sometimes she sounds very unreasonable, (laughs) seem right for each other and their lives just take different paths. Like Joyce is like momming hard. Yeah. Yeah. I really
2: appreciate that. Yeah. Joyce is momming hard and Angel, by the way, just to just to bring a light over here for a second. Angel was just skulking in the woods. He was just walking by he and was also, just the door was just wide open. He was like seriously pulling some Edward Cullen shit in the woods. He was like I'll just walk by her <laughs> house and, and protect look in her. her window. I
3: know when when if you recall like she left him and he's like but it's early and she's like yeah my mom worries I'm gonna go home he's like cool I'll just follow you <laughs> outside house. this is fine right. I do this all the time this is way different from the time when I was evil and would leave you drawing it's super uh, different, right? So different guy, very though. different, sure. and like,
1: and like, poor Joyce cannot cannot keep up. I like, know. she thinks she's talking to the good vampire, and then Angel is there trying to like bust through the no invitation barrier, and she's like flipping out because, as far as she knows, Angel is dead
3: or just gone. Does she ever find think out she knows from knows Buffy? That, no, but see, I don't this, think she, this is the issue, this is the like sadness of this uh, scene where Joyce is momming Spike so hard, is like. Buffy, you too could be the beneficiary of this good momming if you could just tell your mom right. what's going on with you, but you don't ever. Joyce is perpetually in the dark, but she's got all this momming to like love to give and yeah. Buffy's not here for it. And she gets but it all from that- Giles, you know? isn't that the way that,
2: well that was my way I mean certainly yeah. like my mom had a lot of momming to give and I was interested in none of it true, sure I sure, shared true. Yeah. nothing with my mom and yeah. my friend but my friends would my
3: friends would sit and talk to my mom like they would do it that's not me a, that's a great point mm-hmm. point. and Jenny I believe the kitchen door is open because it's hot so why do you have a fire <laughs> angel <laughs> <laughs> also, also like I, I know I don't love like I
2: don't love watching people walk into glass pane things but I, I do know, but find get hilarious <laughs> I'm sorry, and I I'm just thrilled getting to see Angel hit the
3: hit the invisible glass of the barrier. Here. <laughs> no, the, when it's when it's supernatural, it's especially hilarious, you're right? Like, oh, <laughs> spell glass. Um, and then you know we talked about the bad of Spike a bit. We might have glossed over it, the bad of Spike. But some of the good of Spike was of my favorite thing that that James Marshall's ever does. A Spike is kind of sing his lines. So when he goes like, <laughs> mm, "You're not invited." <laughs> 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 he's so he good. Uh, yeah, so good. Yeah, he's good.
5: Um, also,
1: uh, Spike calls it refers to Angel uh, as a uh, great poof. Yeah, yes. And and you now, is and this your great poof? the very first occurrence of Spike calling Angel a great poof. Oh. I have heard him.
2: I haven't heard it before now because I, think, I wrote it down and I had I don't remember I don't recall hearing it before this moment. Is that a, is this is that a, the world premiere of Great Poof? Is it? Does that happen a lot? Does he call him a poof a lot? I don't know. Oh. Some things I remember. What do? Are they I ever
3: think. in an episode together again? We don't know. Yeah, who knows? This is the, the last time we ever see Spike. Yeah, so, Spike's gone. You know. He drove off. <laughs>
1: Speaking of creepyish boyfriend-girlfriend stuff,
2: um, Oz can smell Willow from far away. I don't know why, but I don't find it creepy at all. I was
3: like, that's so sweet. No, but, <laughs> but it's so good because you're like, you know, because Cordelia says this is very disturbing. And he goes, I really agree, which is just such a good Oz reaction good to response. his own supernatural yeah. abilities. You know yes. what I mean? Oh, and then we have uh, Angel, Buffy, and Spike returning to the scene with the crime that is the the magic shop. And uh, this is where Buffy goes, he's probably just got them locked up in the factory. And, and- <laughs> <laughs> Marcia just gives, like, expert delivery of, how-, how thick do you think I am? Like, no, never do that.
2: <laughs> very, very
3: subtle. Yeah. Right, one of my notes in this,
2: i like, fine, I'm in it. I'm in it. Like, I want the three of them to be, like, palling around Sunnydale so that they can get all the requirements that Spike has so that they can find their friends but I just feel like in no other episode to date have they ever done like they would just be like fuck off we'll find them ourselves like there's not that many places to look listen that. I just, Buffy
1: or- and Spike have a history now
3: they had a truce yeah. it was a whole
2: thing it's true it's true
3: yeah but I feel like they would just tie him up and I don't know throw a holy water molotov cocktails at <laughs> like Ooh. that until he tells them but uh right but yeah but, I, I like this idea that buffy has like a bit of an allegiance to spike even though they walk in and it's like he's murdered someone so right. <laughs> <laughs> the lines oh are God. blurry yeah, she's
1: literally like your work and he doesn't even <laughs> respond There's just like a unspoken understanding that, he's like yeah Autumn. sometimes i
3: kill people Listen, <laughs> yeah. she was annoying. She's the kind of person who greets people with blessed bees, so it's no <laughs> great loss. It's fine. It's so Spike has this.
2: Spike has this little monologue in the magic shop that I want to just play yes. the sound clip for because it's just it's real good.
4: You're not friends. You'll never be friends. You'll be in love till it kills you both. You'll fight and you'll shag and you'll hate each other till it makes you quiver but you'll never be friends love isn't brains children, it's blood blood screaming inside you to work its will
0: I may be love's bitch, but at least I'm man enough to admit it
2: Okay, so I'm not going to pause it. And I'm not going to play it for you, Joanna.
3: But it's the you're not friends. You'll never jo- be friends. Yes. You'll be in love until it kills you both. You'll <laughs> fight and you'll shag and you'll hate each other until it makes you quiver. But you'll never be friends. Love. <laughs> it's it's not brains, children. It's blood. Blood screaming inside you to work its will. I may be loves bitch, but at least I'm man enough to admit it. <laughs> that? <Yeah. laughs> that. That's the one. That's the one. You, you did it. Uh. <laughs> such,
2: such an amazing speech. It, it really speech. is. I like I went to Google it because I was like, I don't I'm, I don't I didn't have it memorized because I'm not cool. And I didn't know if I was going to transcribe the whole thing. So I was like, let me Google it. And like when you Google like Spike, let's it's like, let's not be friends. Would you like to pull up this famous speech that Spike <laughs> delivers in the magic shop? But it's really great, and I i don't know, I and there's a moment that Buffy has toward t- towards the end of the episode, too, where she's like, I guess, like, you know, I can fool my friends, I can fool everybody except for myself and also Spike. Like, I love that Spike, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he sees the truth between the two of them. I mean, I, I kind of think everybody does, but, um, but I love that he gets to share this moment with them and, like, be the one to kind of call it out, since Angel is just ridiculous and can't speak his feelings out loud because he needs a few
3: more years on the planet to learn how to... I know, like learn. I like to call this Spike recaps the film when Harry met Sally. <laughs> 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 Can a man and woman be friends? No, says Spike. No. Um, yeah, I... Uh, that I I'm like that you brought up that line where Buffy says, I can fool Giles and I can fool my friends, but I can't fool myself. Uh, you're not fooling Giles, and right. you're not fooling your friends. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, pretty much you everybody knows. You are fooling knows. yourself, but <laughs> not Spike. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, Spike's get, Spike gets it. He gets it, man. He gets it.
2: And then I don't even want to – I is don't want to talk
3: about it. It's so gross. It's <sighs> I have in all caps here, gross, gross gross they make out gross <laughs> it's just
2: like I was telling Jenny before we um, watched the episode tonight that I you know I've only seen the series one time and so I really only have a handful of memories because I'm also me and I don't remember things very well and this scene I remember you know it's like one of like five scenes that I remember very vividly yeah um, the the them making out and me being very upset about it and Cordelia falling, falling. it's just the whole thing like it probably i was set up for it with the pez i was set up for it with the photos fine but it's just also it's just i hate it i hate it and i wish it didn't have to happen
3: you know the following is that like extra joss twist of like she did not (sighs) need to get this is p.s this is where this is the scene that made me learn the word rebar she did not need to get rebar through (laughs) her rib cage in order to like really feel what was happening here i mean it's right, so but distressing. It's so,
2: and her line, like the, the fact I that fell. she just, yes, Ugh. I
1: fell.
3: Oh, yeah. It just
2: like guts. It guts me. Get it? Because she's okay. <gasps>
1: <laughs> you know, and this really didn't have to happen because Oz and Cordelia came down a long set of stairs and also had to like break into a door. Somewhere, Somewhere. Oh, like so. Willa how did was, they not hear them coming? Willow yeah. was
3: flinging her body against that door to no avail. So that door definitely made some sort of noise, like when they opened it earlier. So yeah, I like they. You hear them a little bit on like the last two steps. Yeah, before yeah, yeah. they get to and like okay, like. They're making. I don't know. You're making out. The world goes away. Maybe, but uh, it's just us all. Terrible. Also, like, like
2: not so whatever. I mean, this. There's a lot of reasons to not be happy about what happens here. But <laughs> the the fact that like Xander. I mean, Xander has been knocked super unconscious. He he wakes up and he says like, I'm feeling nauseous. I like can't stand up straight. So uh, I've never been in this position before. I've never been in the in the basement of a factory with blood dripping from my head with my best friend who I have feelings for my a peroxided vampire. I have been in some like (laughs) You have. Okay. So maybe you can speak (laughs) to this. (laughs) I have been in some life or death scenarios before. And I'm just gonna tell you that like making out with somebody is probably not gonna be like I just don't think that's what would have happened I just feel like they would have done something else here and not kissed.
3: I don't buy it. Also, like she's like putting her hands near his wound. I was like, it's just he's got it like. Huge, massive wound on the side of his head. It's disgusting. Ugh. It's all bad. well so, so terrible.
2: <laughs> while this is all happening, the committee, the mayor's committee, is, you know, after Spike. And something that I also took issue with in this fight scene, So I do love it. I love how they're like, oh, we're staying. They're just, like, so annoyed. Also, Angel the, and the, va- the, whole the lead time. Like, vampire
1: is like, you guys can go. Yeah. What vampire is ever like, there's 20 of us and one of Spike. Let's just let these humans go. I think the mayor runs a tight ship, you know. I think Mm. the mayor's
3: like, get in, get out. Do what I okay. Here's your target. Don't make a mess. Don't destroy the espresso pump and the magic shop at the same
2: time. Right, trying to take (laughs) care of Sunnydale. But I, what I hate is that they just painstakingly found all these fucking ingredients for this fucking love spell, and then the vampires are there, and you watch the paper bags. They just toss
3: them to the side. No, there's not really much in those paper bags. There's like like, some feathers, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, they needed lots of raven feathers, various feathers
2: from various creatures. Um,
3: Also, Lenny, the lead vampire, has this is this is where I really do miss Kate. I want to hear her thoughts on the necklace that he's wearing (laughs) because it's like it's a statement necklace. He's got a whole thing happening.
2: I didn't notice the necklace.
3: Can you you tell us about it? Uh, It's not quite a choker but it's like <laughs> it's high it's quite it's like a rope it's like a thick metal Ooh. rope chain thing and he's got like he's one of those Aww. 70s vampires he's he's one of those guys with like the leather coat and the open collar print right. which is also 90s uh like Kazander would probably wear that also but totally. like you know like he's looking very 70s he's got this like huge Necklace on. Spike names him. His name is Lenny. He does. Lenny does not make it through this episode. But you know, poor mm-hmm. up for right. Lenny and right his you, fashion Lenny. fashion sense. <laughs> also, shout
2: out to Buffy with a move that I'm not sure we've seen. Maybe we have, but where she takes out two vamps with yeah. one stake. Yeah. Nice. This the,
3: the, the vamp kebab move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's very good. That's the official name in the in the vampire book. It says. <laughs> <laughs> Can we, can we also talk about the, the
1: recurrence of this uh, angel face that we see anytime angel is experiencing pain, struggling, fighting, anything like physically taxing in any any direction. Mm. As he's holding a door closed with all of his strength, he has his teeth bared like a cartoon. And he's like sort of just like. Wait, like wagging his head around really fast, and like changing the diameter of his bared teeth ever so slightly uh, with each turn. I feel like this is worth noting because it is a David Boreanaz as Angel staple, and <laughs> you will see it a lot once you know what to look for. Also, the door that he was holding oh with all of his strength, once it's finally knocked also down on top win. of him, all yeah. Fucking balsa wood and all of two vampires run in on top of him and he remains laying down under the door forever. And then when Buffy, the slayer, comes over to move the door off of him, which is like a piece of styrofoam, she like has to like push it to the side and then flip it up. She can't just like flip it off of him. And she's like, you're not up to your full strength. A vampire does not need
2: to be up to their full strength. Strength, right? Like should get up, Giles. <laughs> so Giles would have just stood up, like nonsense. Just a, just a watcher man with no special. Just a regular dude. Just a regular
3: dude would have stood right up. Yeah, uh, true I, right. I, I agree. Angel under that door is ridiculous. Angel just struggling Do you think he was, under like, that door, mentally
1: like reciting li- like lines from nausea while he was <laughs> laying down underneath that door.
2: Like, why should I even get up? In the original yeah. French, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what was happening down there. He was just thinking through his deep, brooding angel <laughs> thoughts. He was like, let me take a moment in the darkness of this door. So <laughs>
3: oh you're saying, God. like, so Angel is actually soft, but it's Spike. Spike is the one who gets called soft, which is apparently like a trigger word for him, like, like, yes. Marty McFly and Chicken. Like, you call yes. Spike soft <laughs> and he will pop off on you, which he does. With like a with like a really elaborate baby-themed taunts. Yes! <laughs> like, that I goes on a, and on and on. Right, baby-like um, His supper, I have written down in all caps. (laughs) Why doesn't baby have a nap? He says. Uh, What a weird choice. (laughs) Here's one thing I want to say because I, yeah, I don't think, yeah, Spike wasn't doing any fighting in the last episode I did with you guys. You know, we we can have our criticisms of our uh, Buffy Vampire Slayer stunt doubles. Mm -hmm. uh, But one thing I will say is that Spike's fighting style is always very distinctive to me. It's a very Mm. like swingy underdog barroom brawl sort of thing. Probably like. Uh, specifically crafted to make his coat look really good, but um, yeah. he, you know he's always just like I, I just I really love whoever his stunt double is. I think I think Spike fighting other vampires is one of my favorite. Hell yes. yes, I am yes. I am there with you. I
2: love I love a good Spike fight. Yeah. Um, some some Spike fights I like more than others, but I I can't talk about those yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Spike, this is where Spike does his grand turnaround. Yeah, he's gained a lot of perspective. By getting to do some violence, yes, he he realizes that love is a funny
3: thing. <laughs> would you know <laughs> what? Would you say that like this is where Spike gets his groove back? Because that's what I would I, say. I would. I would say exactly that. One hundred percent. Much like Stella, Spike here gets his groove back, oh, yes, and right. thank God,
2: because I'll tell you what. As much as I love a little bit of sad drunk Spike. Uh, I do love Spike with the windows down, singing loudly, uh, ready to... I mean his his exact words are tie her up, torture her till she loves me again which is problematic but is couched in vampire land. So. Like
3: it's problematic ex- except for that is actually exactly what Drew, what Drew is wants. interested in. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that's why I was like I was like then I was like uh. right. <laughs> Those like, are my range of emotions. <laughs> they, it's like if they've got a safe word you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're certainly not
2: going to yuck any yums here in the land of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Speaking of yucking and yumming um, I just want to paper mache boob alert one more time, because
3: there they are. <laughs> jiggling there.
2: Well, you know, that might be the first time on the podcast that the word jiggling has been said. So thank you, Joanna. Oh, for yeah. For bringing it into our orbit. Well,
3: okay. Once again, feel free to edit this out if you consider this problematic. But there was this, there's this scene earlier in the episode where Buffy is like doing jump rope in a tank top. Yeah. And um, it's a scene. So- I don't know if you guys ever watched uh, Doctor Who, but... I not only, like, have watched Doctor Who, but I have watched it, like, with the commentary. And uh, there was one scene once where, like, Billy Piper, who plays Doctor Who's companion, like, there's just, like, a just like a real close-up on her, like, tight shirt that she's wearing. And David Tennant, who I consider quite woke, he's like, yeah, I think that one was for the lads. And that's what I think of all the time. <laughs> I mean, like, that's heteronormative. But I was like, that's for the lads. Or whoever would enjoy Sarah Michelle right. Gellar jumping rope in a tank top. Oh, my This, God. Was, this scene was for you. You yeah, know? Yeah, she like, – you know
2: – now that you say that, Joanna, like I feel like there were a lot of boobs in this episode because there's a because in this scene, I think in the magic shop, she's also wearing like I noticed it that she was like wearing a very low cut tank that was also like glistening. She had a little angel glisten going it's, on. It's
3: the same tank. She's just put a hoodie on top of it, but it's the same like very low cut s- tank. I see. Uh, and she is, yes, she is quite glisteny anyway. Uh, <laughs> glistening Sing and it. jiggling is what uh, yes. my podcast is.
2: <laughs> uh, speaking of jiggling, we should probably give uh, the sexual tension award to someone. Now, I am going to tell you what, Jenny, you should play the jingle, play the jingle. Let's start there. Sure, sure. Let's have a discussion on if anyone has ideas about who the Sexual Attention Award is going for because usually I have it all in my head and I don't. Joanna, did you have a standout? I don't have a standout because
3: like everything's so bad and sad. Right, But, right. Uh, but uh, maybe Joyce and Spike. Right? <laughs> like that's as close as I could get. Joyce and Spike. <gasps> or, wow. or Joyce's imaginary phone call with Mr. Child. <laughs> When we talked about that earlier, I was like, ooh, maybe that's where it will go.
1: <laughs> what do you think, Jenny? I The only other thing I'd put on the table alongside the imaginary phone call between Joyce and Mr. Giles is the sort of like next generation thruple of ooh. Spike, Angel, Angel, and Buffy, and Buffy. Yeah. walking around like poking at each
3: other yeah. and like... Okay, and f- and fighting together like I did. W- I right, loved right. watching them fight together. Like, Hell yeah! Reluctant, like Buffy's like, I guess we're staying. And but then <laughs> they have like a really good time fighting together.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm on the I my heart wants to give it to a thruple always. Right. But in my mind, I kind of enjoy them as like a threes company. Like You sure. know what I mean? Like like a they're just like pal around. Yep. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I might go I might go. Is it okay to go, Spike and Joyce?
3: Yes, says me. Joanna wow. says yes. Do you
2: think it's okay? I this is
1: a democracy. So me favoring the imaginary phone call between Joyce and Mr. Giles <laughs> is both in the minority and also not an actual thing that happens
2: it's hard this is a hard
3: one the mini marshmallows
2: right Come
1: that's on. exactly
2: right. Okay. Uh, i'm i'm like locking eyes with you across oh. the miles right now because that's what exactly what i thought i was like well there was the mini marshmallows why why did i think that too i don't know why um but i think they just have something special they do i'll allow it all right there it is sexual tension award you didn't see it coming folks so, okay so, so Joyce
3: well, okay so let me Can I talk to you about the uh, the sexual transition award? Yes, please. It might it might belong here, which is so fucked up. It's a cheap shot, but it's fast enough that like I think it's funny. I can't. I like teenage me does not remember. I don't remember teenage me being annoyed by this. So adult me probably would be. But (laughs) Cordelia is lying there with rebar through her ribs. She goes to Xander. I can't see you. Passes out. She looks. Dead oh. cut to a oh. funeral, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Where the person uh, presiding over the funeral says, "For the dominion of Hades is not on earth; for righteousness Dude. is immortal." What is this funeral right? that's happening? Right. I don't know. What denomination? Who says? Is Hades? citing Hades? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, like you, like I expect him to say Hecate next or something like that. But then, uh, <laughs> but, the, but then, Willow and Buffy are taking a stroll in the graveyard, and, and Buffy says, "So Cordelia is going to be okay, right?" So this this uh, is like uh, a, a cheap, crazy transition. But but really? I really like, like the 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 most diabolical of the episode. So. Seriously, yeah.
2: I I was wrong. I did use caps one other place, and it is fucked up. Funeral trick <laughs> in all caps. Yeah.
3: That's fucked up. was pretty fucked up,
2: <laughs> really fucked up. Uh, and it worked on me. I remember it working on me not that long ago. The first time I watched this episode. I oh, you like, were like oh, Cordelia's
3: dead? Really? Ha- yes. <laughs> oh, I yeah. really
2: did. I really thought. I mean, why wouldn't you think? You know, if I know they, they killed Jenny Calendar.
3: Why wouldn't they kill Cordelia? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Anything, anything could happen. Mm. Um, but
1: you know what's Great about Cordelia getting impaled.
2: (laughs) If there's a if there's a silver
3: lining, if there's
1: one silver lining, it's that we get to see her no makeup look.
3: Yeah, which beautiful.
1: I love, support, celebrate, Mm -hmm. and embrace with a full heart. Yes, and uh, deep admiration.
2: Yes, I think I mean both for both for the trauma that she's been through this episode and for her beauty. uh, I think we should give Cordelia her jingle.
5: Cordelia, I love you, Cordelia. You're perfect,
3: Cordelia. The way that scene is shot, too, where you just, where you like, we can see Cordelia's face, but Xander can't. Like, until she turns yeah. around and we see yeah. her in, like, full light. But for a long time, it's just her with her face to the camera looking so sad and small Ugh. and upset. And yeah. Xander, like, trying. Like, like well, you know, Xander's trying in this scene. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, when she's like, go, leave me alone, uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's gutting. It's I lot. mean, that's
2: the thing is, like, even, even the – even those of us who are not a fan of like Xander being with Cordelia I think at least for me I, I want I wanted to like revel in the moment that Cordelia wasn't with Xander anymore or was upset with Xander and and it's just like there's nothing to celebrate it's just so well, she's, she's just so, so sad s- she's yeah. so sad yeah. uh, and she you know I know that Willow is usually our barometer but I we've really followed Cordy at the end here she's just because we've never seen her we've never seen her like this yeah um, with without I mean you know we've seen moments of her having here and there, but nothing like this. And it's yeah, it's just sad. It got another sad emotion. She, she
3: fell.
2: She <laughs> fell. She fell. She fell so bad. Mm. Uh, and uh-huh.
3: then Back to vamp mansion. Yeah, back to vamp mansion (laughs) for a breakup. Um, A breakup that's definitely gonna stick. This is it, guys. Definitely, me and Angel part ways forever. Oh my God, I'm not coming back. Also, what I
1: want from you, I can never have.
3: His. Penis, and then he says, "I don't accept that." And she goes, "You know what, bro? You have to." Yeah, for <laughs> That's now. <the> thing. Like, <laughs> it amazes me. I mean, it shouldn't amaze
2: me, but it's just like the fact that she's seventeen and she's the one that like is just. I'm gonna walk away. I have to walk away from this. You're left being like, "Really, dude? Like, you you really weren't gonna help her out? Like, his, she, he doesn't help her out at all. He's like, I don't accept that. Like, he's." You know what I mean? He should yeah. be the one. To, I just. It, even if he's I mean, not
3: like mature enough, as as Jenny points out, like we want our, our vampire lover to have teenage feelings. But even if he's not mature enough to like be the one to initiate it, if your teenage lover says like, <laughs> I shouldn't be with you because, you know, uh, apocalyptic violence, uh, <laughs> you, know, right? you, sh- you should be grown up to be like, yeah, I get that. I too have read Sartre in the original French you know like I get it we should not be together and Sonny he says I don't accept that like fuck that response yeah I fuck like that it.
2: I agree I agree fuck that response not happy with it um, we usually don't play the patriarchy jingle more than once in an episode but Angel's bullshit I would like to play it again I'd like to play it again the
5: patriarchy
2: unprecedented. <laughs> um, so as we wind down out of this episode, I I started writing everyone is so sad. Because it's just like uh, this I have horrible... sadness, mon- sadness yes! montage. Sadness <laughs> Exactly. It's okay. the sadness montage. Please. Oh my god. I you by the sound of your okay, oh, I'm wondering oh, if you're gonna oh, say what oh, I'm gonna oh, say. Okay. Oh, I think we might all have the same thing. Okay, so. go ahead.
3: Joanna, what were you gonna say? What was your okay for? Okay, like first first Pez Witch. okay. But then like Why is Oz in the bronze after it's like (laughs) closed? (laughs) That's exactly
2: my note. Lol, Oz (laughs) playing guitar alone on the bronze pool table. That
1: as as the musician of the group, that did not ring an alarm for me. I was like, sure. Of course.
3: He was playing alone there, but did he break into the bronze? Like, it's right. closed. It's closing time. No. Like, everyone's di- gone home, and Oz is still at the bronze. Like, they're essentially the house band at this point,
1: and Oz is definitely the most responsible person in that band. He probably has keys to the bronze. I just... Oh, my God. So uh,
3: Wait, so you're saying... You're saying that Oz like went to the bronze in the dead of night and just like opened it up so he could walk in and and strum his little heart, his little werewolf heart out. A werewolf in love. A werewolf Uh, in love. uh, Lock eyes with the camera. uh, (laughs) Okay. So if like Chris and I had the same thing, what is your thing? You guys. My
1: my thing was okay. After Oz, we see Xander in the library, Cordelia mm-hmm. in the hospital, and then we see Buffy, so sad, wearing the traditional mourning colors
3: of pink leopard print. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have terrible pink, le- terrible pink leopard print button down. This is where we need Kate. Yeah, I <laughs> need what it. What is
5: that shirt? <laughs> I
2: made a special Joanna-specific note to say uh, I I think that this is where Buffy would have typically put on her overalls of sadness. <laughs> oh yeah. And- well- she has not. She's really plot twisted us all with this choice. The,
3: the other thing I want to say is that uh, I, I was on record uh, the last time I was on this podcast as loving her giraffe pants, which I do. I have such fondness for Buffy's giraffe pants. <laughs> yes. But I can't follow her down this animal print path. This is not <laughs> one it's I too can. Far. It's like hot pink, it's hot it's pink very... leather print. Very, very bad. Extreme, very,
2: it's <laughs> a very. I just and I wonder about it from just like a production standpoint. like from a like, how did they come to that place? What is uh. it supposed to signify? Like it's like sad, sad, sad uh. leopard print.
3: Okay. Le- uh, hot pink, electric pink leopard print. Uh. Like I, the first time I watched this episode in preparation for those podcast, like I was watching it on a smaller screen and I was like, is that leopard print? It can't be. That's too terrible. And then I watched it again. I was like, that is. Some fluorescent leopard print. Serious <laughs> shit.
5: It really. My is. God.
3: Yeah. Uh, so.
5: so like
1: everyone is so sad, so except sad. for one guy named Spike, who's <laughs> leaving. Also, the only one leaving Sunnydale. So maybe there's something we can
3: mm, discern yeah. <laughs> from that uh,
1: particular. Those two we particular. We Did we
2: talk about the fact that he crashed through the Sunnydale sign both times? Did we say that yes. out loud? We did. Okay. We did. Good Phew. Yes.
3: So continue, um, Jenny. The 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 other thing that I learned from the Lovers Walk Wikipedia page, which I did not realize, is that this is not the Sex Pistols singing "My Way." It's Gary Oldman, yes, doing, um, because he played Sid Vicious, uh, doing the Sex Pistols doing "My Way." What
1: show? So. I wonder if it was
3: easier for them to license. Oh yeah, that, that master than more it was sense. For them. Mm. <laughs> I was like, why? But <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm sure Spike loves Gary Oldman. He's probably seen like uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula a bunch of times. Like, he's really <laughs> into what Gary Oldman's putting down. But like, well, this is an eccentric choice. But you're right. Yeah, m- m- the musician has the right answer. I think here.
1: Wow! 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 You've just opened. I feel like. We saw the Sunset Club like vampire worshipper human people watching like vampire movies, but I wonder like what the relationship is
3: between vampires and vampire movies?
1: Yeah. <laughs> is Spike
3: watching Bram Stoker's I Ooh. feel like I feel like he would be very crit- like I actually would love to hear Spike like talk about uh he would, like, Tom Cruise to in an interview with a vampire and be like yes. that's that's garbage. Brad Pitt's garbage, but who's you know who's great? Gary Oldman. <laughs> <Bram Soakers. laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great! Question. Oh my god, I love that. Like angels sitting by the
2: fire reading books in French while Spike is watching Interview with a Vampire and giving us commentary. <laughs> listen, really, listen. Really no good.
3: spoilers, but just think about what you know about Spike's taste if he ever comes back in the show. If he mean, ever, right? If he ever returns, think about what you know about Spike's taste in pop culture and yeah, ruminate solid, on that. So. Solid call. <laughs> wow,
2: I think we've really done it.
3: We this have time. really done it.
2: We. Uh, the only the only sad part about this is that we've we've done it, but now we have to say goodbye to Joanna, which is a thing I never ever want to do. Oh, ever. guys,
3: alas, alack! Please have me back. I did not oh. mean for that to rhyme. That was like the be kind rewind of uh, <laughs> of farewells. That was a beautiful poem,
1: and I will treasure it always. Oh. Thank you for composing it for us.
2: All <laughs> the spot.
3: So, Joanna, what what seventy five podcasts are oh. you doing at the moment? Yes, where can everyone find you? Yeah, well, you know, you might want to listen to me on Storm of Spoilers because we actually just got a request from a listener to do a Buffy themed episode of Storm of Spoilers because we're like, we're in our off season. We were doing, I think we were doing Game of Thrones when the 20th anniversary happened. So. No, that's not true. Anyway, point being, we owe we owe our listenership a Buffy podcast episode Hell of Star Wars spoilers. Yes. So you might want to listen to that. We're we talking about all kinds of fun stuff over on that podcast. If you're interested in uh, award season and all, which who knows you might be. I do a podcast called Little Gold Men for Vanity Fair. And uh, if you listen to fighting in the War Room, I'm on it this week for, like ten minutes really? <laughs> before well, this this will be a couple weeks from now. But anyway, point being, I'm um, I'm everywhere. And yeah, also truly. on Twitter at Joe Wrote This.
2: Oh, Joanna, it's always the best. We love having you on. We hope to have you back this season. We hope we get you back another time this season. Every yes.
1: minute of every day. Yeah. are <laughs> you clear your schedule.
2: Yeah. Actually, now that we know that we can just Skype call you in without warning, look out. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <A> valuable
3: tool. <laughs> Uh yeah, yeah. So who knows? I might crash uh crash into the Sunnydale sign that is your podcast at any yes. time. Oh,
2: yes. What an image. What a beautiful, glorious image.
1: <laughs> well, I'm Jenny Owen Young's, and when I'm not making this podcast, I'm making songs. You can hear some of them over at jennyowenyoungs.com slash buffering, and you can always
2: give me a holler on Twitter. At Jenny Owen Youngs. Yes, and I am Kristen Russo. You can find me on Twitter at Kristen Nolene. That's K R I S T I N N O E L I N E. And you can also learn more about the ongoing work that I do with LGBTQ communities and their families over at KristenNolene.com. Buffering Cast is on
1: Twitter. Facebook and Instagram at BufferingCast. And you can drop us an email at
2: vampireslayer at gmail.com. You sure can. And you can support the work that we're doing here, both talking about Buffy and slaying the patriarchy on a weekly basis by going on over to Patreon. Uh, our Patreon page is linked on our website, BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. Just click on Patreon and you can support at the dollar, $5, or $10 level and get pretty sweet things in return for your support. You can also go on over to iTunes and rate and review us. We would love it. And it'll help people find the show. Sure will. Well, Joanna, will you will you howl out with us, please? I would love to. Great, fantastic. Till
1: next time. Uh, uh,
3: I kind of <laughs> fucked that up a little, guys. So. Do you want to do it? Do you want to do it again? Oh my gosh, another uh, howl? All right, yes, I'm ready. All okay, right. Okay. hell yeah! Till
1: next time. Uh, uh,
0: I'm Yen, and I'm Nat and we're the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are Sans knowledge. Comic Sans is a show for people who know nothing about comics like me and people who love them like me and want to learn more about them. What makes you an authority on comic books? I read them, write them, live them, breathe them. What makes you the authority on knowing nothing? Honestly, Yen, two seasons in, I actually know a little more than I used to. You're welcome. The reason for that is that every episode I make Nat read one of my favorite comics Like Daredevil Saga or This One Summer And then he tells me what makes that comic so special And then I hear what Nat thinks and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism While I actively try to give him one You can listen to the second season of Comic Sans now With new episodes every two weeks Wherever you get your podcasts You know, Yen, I think I know so much about comics now that this might have to be our last season Nat, there will forever be more comic than you will ever know What does that even mean? I don't know, it sounds profound though, right?